It's Friday, November 26th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The holiday shopping season is in full swing, and a lot has changed since the pandemic began. The biggest shift is that businesses are expecting to see more customers in person, so expect big crowds. E-commerce is expected to slow, but only slightly, as it should top the $200 billion mark for the first time. Customers will have more buy now, pay later options and get ready for live streaming shopping events. Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC, joins us for what to expect this season. Next, the snowball effect in the supply chain is raising prices and making it harder to find some of the items you want. The biggest challenge that beer and liquor makers are facing is obtaining glass bottles. America loves their chicken tenders and prices have jumped because of the delays at meat processing plants. And in Tyson's case, a bad rooster. Medical equipment, toys, video game consoles, and even your favorite athleisure wear are all facing setbacks. Phil McCausland, reporter at NBC News, joins us for a look at some specific items hurt by backlogs and rising prices. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. And a lot of these new ways of online shopping have become part of people's routines, too. So curbside pickup is sort of the in-between. You order online, but then you pick up in a parking lot of a store. So you have some physical element of it, too, and perhaps could even park your car if you want to run in and grab that extra item you forgot. Joining us now is Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk about holiday shopping. The season is already here and it's going to look a lot different for the retail industry, for consumers than it did last year. Obviously, we're still going through the pandemic, a lot of closures. We know what happened with online sales just skyrocketing. This year, there's going to be this this return back to physical stores as concerns about coronavirus have started to ease a little bit. So, Melissa, what are we in store for this holiday season? There's really a couple of reasons why shoppers have said in surveys that they expect to go back to the store. One of them is that people have missed the experience of going to stores and to malls and kind of want to resume that tradition. But then there's also a practical reason, which is that with supply chain on people's minds, a lot of people are, are thinking that it would be better to have something in hand rather than waiting for a package to arrive on their doorstep. So that would create some peace of mind. And then in other cases, if they can't find that perfect gift or something that's at the very top of their wish list, the store may give them other ideas. So inspiration for what to get that, you know, hard to shop for brother, or if they can't find the green sweater, maybe they can be satisfied with the blue. Tell me a little bit about the e-commerce side of things, because while we're going to see a slight slowing down of that, all the analysts are saying that this is going to be the first holiday season where it goes over $200 billion. Yeah, so online sales are projected to rise 10% to $207 billion, according to Adobe Analytics. They do a bunch of survey work and, and estimates, and that is a big jump, but that 10% is compared to last year's growth, which was 33%. So you can just put that in perspective, but it's still pretty amazing to think about the amount of growth that's happening considering the growth that happened last year. And a lot of these new ways of online shopping have become part of people's routines too. So curbside pickup is sort of the in-between. You order online, but then you pick up in a parking lot of a store. So you have some physical element of it too, and perhaps could even park your car if you want to run in and grab that extra item you forgot. Speaking of which, returning to stores, obviously we talked about that is going to be a big thing. People are expecting 
a lot of them to be out there on Black Friday and through the weekend, obviously. And this is all leading into it, as, as you mentioned, kind of with the supply chain issues. That's a great point. You know, you might see that thing. Boom, let's grab it now versus waiting online. And it'll tell you it'll arrive on a certain day. And then you get that notification. Well, now it's going to be a few days more. So going back in store is going to be huge. Yes, I actually have had that situation happen myself recently where I was shopping for clothes and I saw a pair of pants and thought, oh, it would be so much easier just to get it shipped to my house rather than carrying it home with me. I was out of town. By the time I got home two days later, that item was out of stock. The other one that's uh, interesting, too, and we've seen it play out quite a bit now, right? We've done away with the old days of layaway, you know, saying, hey, I want that item. I'll pay it off after a certain few installments, and then finally you can get that. Really, that doesn't work anymore. It's all about buy now, pay later. Take that thing home right now, and then you pay it off in your installments. Yes, it's kind of a win-win because for retailers, the way that layaway worked is that they would keep that item on hand until the customer paid it off. So they're holding on to your merchandise until you can fully purchase it. But with buy now, pay later, these retailers from Macy's to Target are kind of offloading some of the risk and the responsibility and giving it instead to another company like Afterpay or Affirm. There's a bunch of different companies that offer these types of payment programs. And one of the other things that obviously everybody knows they want back is the return to experiences after going through the pandemic, being closed down, not being able to do much. People are ready to go out and shift some of that spending from whatever it was, the classic thing, toys and this and all that other stuff, to more of these experiences, going to concerts, going on vacations, all that. A lot of those types of experiential gifts, which really were popular in 2019, are expected to come back. A lot of consumers say that they're looking more closely at things like gift cards for spa days or dinner at a fancy restaurant or even Broadway tickets or movie tickets. And uh, one other perk of that might be you don't have to worry about that being in stock or out of stock but when you're giving experience. But a year ago, a lot of those gifts just didn't feel practical because people were not able to use that gift card anytime soon. Yeah, 43% of consumers plan to redirect that spending to these experiences. And a lot of it's going to play around uh, with the older millennial set. So between 32 and 39 which obviously, you know, they, they want to get out and have that fun right now. So that's where that big shift is going to be playing out. One of the other things that's going on with a lot of holiday shopping is live streamed events, which is pretty interesting. Walmart specifically is going to be doing more than 30 live streams in November and December, trying to ramp people up to the holiday you know, for all of the holiday shopping season. They're going to do a big event with Jason Derulo to kick off Cyber Week. Yes, it's been a new area that a lot of retailers have been experimenting in, everyone from Bloomingdale's to Petco. And Walmart's the latest to really double down in this space. It's, it's having a series of these events, as you mentioned, and think of it as kind of a modern spin or a younger spin on, on QVC in that they're really aiming at typically younger shoppers who might be looking for ideas, a little stumped about what to buy people or even to buy themselves as they get ready for holiday parties. And so during the, this presentation, this live event, they usually have either influencers or celebrities present different things from electronics to beauty products to clothing. And then people with very few clicks can add it to their virtual cart. I spoke to Walmart's chief marketing officer, William White, and he was talking about how the whole idea behind this is to create more of an emotional connection with shoppers, give them some ideas and make it really easy for them to get from inspiration to purchase. 
So reducing the number of distractions people have, which, you know, are abundant this time of year in particular, and getting them to just quickly add it in the basket, check out before they can change their mind. And a lot of the cues that they're taking for this is uh, something that's been a big sales driver for retailers in China. And Amazon, for their part, they already kind of do a lot of these little live events just to you know, explain the product more, you know, and all that just to get people's interest up. But they're taking some big cues from China where it has been a hit. Yes, it's been very popular in China and it's been slower to catch on in the U.S. It's still a newer sort of muscle for American shoppers to get ideas in this way. But Walmart's betting that this will take off. And they're especially thinking that considering the festive season, that it's kind of combining shopping with an element of fun and entertainment. Melissa Repko, retail reporter at CNBC. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. A lot of companies are just having to really kind of go back to their plans and say, hey, is there any better way that we can get through this? But yeah, it's just a consistent problem where you might have you know, 90% of the product done, but then you're just missing a few component parts. Joining us now is Phil McCausland, reporter at NBC News. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, the story of the season really has been all about the supply chain and the, the issues that are, have been caused because of the pandemic and, you know, everything that's gone with it. You know, I, I keep saying on the podcast that everybody's getting an education on the supply chain and how everything works. And for me, part of what's so interesting about it is learning really where so much of the stuff that we take for granted, things that we need in everyday life, where it all comes from. A lot of time it comes from, you know, we know things come from other parts of the world, but sometimes it's just like a minute little thing, uh, one component of something that really holds everything back. And there at NBC News, you guys took a look at, uh, you know, seven major things that are being held up right now or rising in prices. We're looking at liquor. We're looking at chicken tenders, which was a really interesting one. Toys, medical equipment, obviously gasoline prices have gone up. Everything is all over the place. So Phil, help us walk through some of this. What are we seeing? Yeah. I mean, it was just a, it's been a very interesting project. I mean, for me too, just to see where everything is, is being held up at. But yeah, I mean, we, I thought, you know, I've been talking to my bartender. Uh, I've been talking to <laughs> the guy at the liquor store and I mean, they've been seeing it for a while. So I thought that's a good place to start. So, you know, reached out to um, some beer makers who I, who I happen to like, like that one in Burlington, and really kind of tried to dive in with them about where are you guys seeing the pain most? And that's where it came out where, yeah, they're having issues with getting carbon dioxide, machine parts, aluminum for cans. You know, they're starting to warehouse a lot of items. But the common denominator from beer, liquor, and to wine is really that issue with obtaining glass. And I, I think especially with these upscale beers, the wines, and the liquor, you're seeing, you know, these really kind of specialty glass bottles, you know, talking to the head of glass manufacturing or a guy who kind of leads glass manufacturing here in the United States. He said, you know, we're really pumping out glass domestically, but they have just a, a kind of a, a standard bottle that they're making. The specialty glass that our alcohol makers need um, are usually coming from overseas and aren't being made as readily and are harder to obtain. And it's tied to their brand identity, which I, I like that you put that in the article because that's so true, right? Everybody wants to stand out. So it's not like one of these manufacturers can just switch to these generic bottles. They have to stick with what they got. And if they don't, let's say they do switch, it changes everything. It changes the labels that you got to put on these bottles. 
everything needs to be adjusted down the line if uh, something as uh, major as the bottle changes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we don't necessarily realize is that when you start selling booze, you have to get the label approved by the government in many points. And, uh, you know, it just becomes a real issue when you start making changes. It becomes, uh, you know, as, as one winemaker said, a, a real snowball effect of other issues that you then run into. So changing your brand identity, I mean, imagine Grey Goose saying, you know, we're not going to change to a smaller bottle or a, a standard bottle. Those bottles are iconic, right? And right. that's how, you know, consumers connect with them. Let's talk about chicken tenders because I thought this one was so interesting, right? America loves their chicken tenders. We Earlier in the pandemic, we were seeing shortages of even uh, chicken wings. But this one right here, tenders, this is uh, a lot, has a lot to do with the meatpacking plants, labor shortages that are there. But beyond that, there's all sorts of things that affect it. I thought chicken tenders was great because everyone loves chicken tenders. But I mean, the price of, of chicken overall has gone up. But chicken tenders, I think, is, is, is really kind of a, a bit of Americana in a way. And I mean, we're seeing uh, chicken tender prices at all time highs. And yeah, you're seeing it really at, at the processing. And, you know, as meat processing, especially in chicken, has become more vertically integrated, those companies also have oversight of chicken production as well. So one of the major issues that I thought was really, really fascinating is that Tyson Chicken, which is, you know, one of the largest chicken producers in the world, noted that they changed out the male rooster that they were using, and uh, suddenly they realized that they were having major issues with egg laying. So they were switching back, but they said that it could impact chicken sales in the mid-year of 2022. The guys from Tyson said, you know, we're changing out the male rooster, and they said, quite frankly, they made a bad decision on it. I mean, I don't know what prompted it in the first place, right? But uh, it just wasn't working out for them. So this big disruption right there is going to have those rippling effects. And and for other People, you know, there's, uh, you know, rising costs in the market. There's the cost for shipping are increasing. Plastic and packaging is all increasing. I think they called it these uh, the three layers of that of sa- that sandwich, and it's not delicious for these uh, chicken manufacturers. So that's why chicken tenders are so hard to get, and and the prices are going up. Medical supplies and equipment. This is another interesting one too, because this has to deal with components that come from the other side of the world. In some cases, crutches, wheelchairs, walkers. These things are really hard to get. It could take weeks, eight weeks for a wheelchair. One manufacturer. Uh, that's how long it took to get there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was calling around to medical supply stores. I'd, I'd heard it become had become a real issue to the point that hospitals were actually actually asking people for donations of crutches and wheelchairs, which is, I mean, kind of a a troubling thing to hear when you hear of major hospitals needing donations to make sure that patients, you know, have access to things they really need. I mean, if you need crutches or a wheelchair, you you really do need them. So it was really fascinating to push into that. And then, you know, talking to the stores, they said, you know, we can't obtain them for this long. So I said, let's go to the suppliers. And the suppliers were saying, you know, especially with electric wheelchairs, finding tires is, is very, very difficult. But also a lot of their products are just kind of sitting in their factories as they're waiting for just some minor components from China. A lot of medical supplies are actually produced here in the United States, but getting it through the ports, you know, the major shipping issues we've been hearing have been consistent across uh, medical supply companies as well. And they're also facing, obviously, um, labor shortages as a lot of folks are right now. Yeah. For, for those tires that they need for those wheelchairs, they typically would take about five weeks to get, come from China or Vietnam. They're saying there's delays up to 90 days for them to arrive for certain manufacturers. So, I mean, that really puts a strain on them, their ability to finish making them, right? And then uh, and then delivering out after that. 
I just think uh, that one was a, a particularly important industry to kind of highlight just because, I mean, obviously those are people who are in real need too. I mean, you can't go without your electric wheelchair if, if you really need it. Hearing these kinds of lag times for folks in those situations is definitely a, a huge challenge for those folks. Toys, we've heard about a lot. And then uh, also video game consoles, really hot things right now, like the PS5 and the brand new Xbox a couple of different issues affecting them both, but a lot of the same stuff. Some things are caught up on the ships and the ports with the electronic components. They're looking at uh, those semiconductors that they need. Both of these are are being affected. Yeah, definitely a major issue. A lot of that is coming across the ports, whether it's shipping from Vietnam and Southeast Asia or or China. Companies like Nintendo are are saying, hey, we're going to start rethinking about, you know, how we're manufacturing products like the Switch because a lot of companies are just having to really kind of go back to their plans and say, hey, is there any better way that we can get through this? But yeah, it's just a consistent problem where you might have, you know, 90% of the product done, but then you're just missing a few component parts. And the attitude, you wrote about the attitude from people like at PlayStation. They say, well, you know, if you get it this Christmas, you do. If not, you're going to get it next Christmas. The demand is so high for those that they're not necessarily going above and beyond to try to continue manufacturing those. They're going to complete what they have. And then if you get it, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I mean, if you look at kind of how business models work with video game companies and video game systems, I mean, those are spread out for a number of years, right? And the latest Xbox lasts for a number of years. Typically, we're about a, a year out since they released the new PlayStation, the new Xbox. This holiday season would be a huge, huge year for PlayStation and Xbox to sell new games that are specific to their systems. We're not going to see that this year. So it just kind of lays out their economic model a little bit further. And, you know, obviously our two companies, I don't think anyone needs to be very worried about. Sweatpants and athleisure. Now, this one was kind of funny just because you don't really think of it that much, but more than 97% of apparel sold in the U.S. is made in other countries. So right there, you already know why there's delays. Yeah, huge delays. And what I thought was really interesting about this one when I was diving into it a little bit deeper was a lot of the impacts we have to think about are not just immediately caused by the pandemic or new administration. There's also some effects from you know the past administration. Um, the Trump administration's trade war with China made a lot of businesses rethink where they were manufacturing to avoid tariffs. So a lot of clothing manufacturers have moved to Vietnam and Southeast Asia to kind of avoid the conflict that the administration had with China. And that appears to have hurt them a bit. Recently, Vietnam saw some a great number of shutdowns because of COVID in their plants. They've slowly come back online, but production was already quite a bit lower than the plants were in China. So yeah. now they're shipping across the, uh, the Pacific, and now they're having issues there. A lot of them are turning now to shipping by air, which is more expensive. It's just kind of, a again, another snowball effect of, of decisions and choices that then go back to affect our supply chain. This report's all part of uh, NBC News's two-week series called Race to Delivery, featuring coverage of the supply crisis in the United States. So a really good look into this right now. Phil McCausland, reporter at NBC News, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.